Have you ever found yourself returning to a habit, a mindset, a relationship, a place that just no longer suited who you were or who you wanted to be, but somehow drew you like a moth to a flame because it was comfortable or familiar? Have you ever felt absolutely incapable of standing against the situation that sapped your strength and sometimes made you question your sanity? Have you ever been bound? If so, and you're tired of giving in, giving up, or going back, tune into tonight's episode. What binds you? Hey, friend. I think Exodus has always been one of, if not my favorite books of the Bible. The whole idea that a nation of imperfect people could be fought for, saved, and set free by a perfect God, they don't even make movies that are that good. But I also have a hate-hate relationship, no love lost, with this idea of bondage. Because how is it that we can sometimes crave something, a person, a season of our lives, a lifestyle that we know makes us weak, broken, or even regretful? I know I'm not alone, but I wish I was because I don't want bondage or a bondage mindset for any of us, especially not myself. With that being said, Tonight's lesson really doesn't have anything to do with the book of Exodus, more so what Exodus represents, which to me is freedom. Instead, we're going to kind of camp in the book of Judges and talk a little bit about this infamous couple, Samson and Delilah. Now, if you're not familiar with them, no worries. I'm going to meet you right there on those pages in Judges chapter 13 through 16. And if you have time, please take the time to read those chapters for yourself. There's so much great detail in there about who Samson was and and how it led that he was with Delilah that I just can't cover for the sake of time, but we'll give you such a fuller picture about the man that Samson was. So in those days, starting in chapter 13, Israel was going again through one of its phases where it wasn't listening to God and all the people of Israel were kind of going their own way. And they were being ruled instead of by a king, by what they called judges, different people that were appointed. In this time, there was a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan, and he lived in a town called Zorah. And he had a wife who had been unable to become pregnant, and so they had no children. So the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and told her, I understand that you've not been able to have children, but you are soon going to become pregnant and you are going to give birth to a son. Not only that, he gave her very specific instructions about how she was to conduct herself while she was pregnant. He told her that she must not drink any wine or any alcoholic drinks or even eat any forbidden food. And he then told her that after she gave birth to her son, that his hair must never be cut because her son was going to be dedicated as a Nazarite from birth. And he was going to be a part of God's plan to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Manoah, after having heard this, 
said to the angel of the Lord, please stay here and let me prepare at least a young goat for you to eat. The angel of the Lord replied and said, I will stay, but I will not eat anything. However, you can prepare a burnt offering as a sacrifice to the Lord. Now, Manoah didn't realize he was talking to the angel of the Lord. And that's an important distinction because it is believed by, by many Bible scholars that when the Bible refers to the angel of the Lord, it's talking about a pre-incarnate picture of Christ, meaning we know Jesus to have appeared first on the scene, uh, literally in the New Testament. However, there are uh, scholars and, and theologians who believe that there are indicators that Christ visited, uh, not in a permanent human form, but did visit earth um, throughout history, and that this would have been one of those times. Um, and so not realizing that, that this was probably Christ uh, that he was talking to, he's not meaning to be disrespectful in any way. Um, he's actually wanting to be hospitable, but he's treating him the way he would treat, you know, a regular man, a regular person. And so Manoah says, you know, tell me your name so that when all this happens, because I believe that it's going to happen, what you're prophesying, uh, we can honor you. And the angel of the Lord replies, it just gives me chills every time I read it. He says, why do you ask my name? It is too wonderful for you to understand. Why do you ask my name? It is too wonderful for you to understand. It's so beautiful. So fast forward, uh, the, the wife gives birth to her son. She names him Samson and the Lord blesses him. He grows to be quite strong. The spirit of the Lord begins to stare in him. And then you see from these chapters 13 through 16 that Samson you want him to, to believe that because he's been dedicated to the Lord and he's a Nazarite um, and he's special among the people, that he's this great man of honesty and integrity. And he's just not. He's somewhat disrespectful. He's quite a trickster. He's he's arrogant. He's proud. Um, he just kind of has a way about him that would make you think he wouldn't be the type of person you'd be friends with. But you could not deny his, you know, extra abilities, his strength that he is set apart from regular men. So as time goes along, Samson uh, is attracted to a young lady named Delilah. And because there's been these interactions between Samson and the Philistines that have not been uh, pleasant in chapters 13 through 16, uh, the Philistines, once realizing that Samson has his eye on Delilah, um, commissions her and says, hey, we'll pay you some money if you can find out for us. What is Samson's weakness? What is it that saps his strength? And so as Delilah and Samson are engaging in relationship, she tries several times to get him to tell her what his weakness is. And he gives her an answer on three different occasions. She tests them, finds out that they're not true, and always ends up exasperated. Now, you would think being Samson that he would say, like, she keeps trying to catch me. I'm not ever going to tell her the real thing that strengthens me. Even more so, you would think he would say, why would I want to keep dealing with a woman that is obviously intentionally trying to set me up? I don't pretend to know why Samson thought the way that he did. Nevertheless, we find ourselves uh, kind of, if we were watching a movie, seeing the two of them in a room alone together. And it says in verse 15 of chapter 16, then Delilah pouted, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? 
You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. It goes on to say she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair's never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as everyone else. Delilah realized he'd finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I'll do as I always do and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in a prison. When Delilah first started asking Samson, about his strength. In verse six, she said to him, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. And when I read that verse, to me, it's all about intention. Why would someone ask me that, right? Other than to take my strength Tie me up and subdue me. Why would you want to know that? And it got me along this train of thought where I'm thinking, who are we revealing our weaknesses to? Who is it that we're revealing our secrets to? Because it says that he ultimately gave in to her just because he was sick of her nagging him. And it makes me wonder, especially in the context of the enemy, And how it's not always these great sweeps of tragedy that he uses to affect our lives. It's minor irritations. It's not getting enough sleep. (laughs) It's being exhausted. It's being bothered. It's being irritated. And what are we giving over into? What are we sharing about ourselves? What are we we kind of letting go of? What shields are we dropping just because we're irritated and we no longer want to be. I want us to think about that, but I also want us to think about how we've talked about not sharing your dreams and your vision with everyone. I want to add to that. You can't share your weaknesses and vulnerabilities with everyone either. I'm not talking about being a robot. I'm not talking about having not having human emotion. I'm talking about intimacy where you need to be careful about who you divulge your dreams to, who you share your vulnerabilities with. This is something that people need to earn from you. We have to stop giving so much of ourselves away so freely in an attempt to try to force intimacy. Let those things come naturally as true relationship is established. Um, Dr. Brene Brown uh, talks about this in Daring Greatly. It's a book I highly recommend, but she talks about how we we bomb people with intimate details of our lives, thinking that's going to draw them to us. And really it pushes those who kind of have a healthy relationship mindset away because they recognize like, 
This is not how you form healthy relationships. But you know who it does draw? Manipulators, users, narcissists. So we need to be very careful about those that, that we are willing to share so much of ourselves so fast and ask ourselves, what are their intentions in asking me this? Because just like Delilah was asking for that information, it wasn't even really for her. It was because she had been paid to get that information so that those who did want to harm Samson could. And I want you to be mindful that not everyone that's in your business and is acting like they care about the details of your life are doing it just to get information. Some people are just nosy. (laughs) That's just real. But some people are being used. And this isn't to make you paranoid. And this isn't to cause you to, again, not trust people or think that everyone's a hater. Because there's probably not that many people paying attention to what you're doing, to be honest. But it is a cautionary tale. To be careful about who you are divulging what to and why. We never want to make uh, confessions or that's the legal side of me coming out, making confessions or vomiting up information about ourselves because we become irritated or frustrated. Those sides of us, those things that make us weak are precious to us and should be only entrusted to those that we trust. But back to the Bible, back to Samson and Delilah, I'm sorry. The devil is the Delilah to your Samson. Once you have accepted Christ, you are a new creature with a new mind. And with that new mind comes a new strength and a new power that is immeasurable and incomparable. There is this great mystery, the Bible says, that God is in you. That Christ, the Holy Spirit, now lives inside of you. I know. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. We're just going to receive it, right? Thank God I don't have to understand everything it is that he's called me to believe. It's called having faith. The devil knows the depth of the power that you possess. He knows who makes you strong. And sometimes, sadly, he knows better than we do. So now his goal is to bind that strength in you by whatever means necessary. Now, as clever as he is, he's still a one-trick pony. It's kill, steal, and destroy. That, that's what he's going to do. But he has perfected it, and he is familiar with what makes you strong and has pinpointed what makes you weak. Are you lonely? Maybe he'll send a few baddies your way, and not in the way you think, right? <laughs> not baddies in the way that you think. Are you insecure? Well, then he's going to continue to try to break down your sense of self-worth. Do you have fear of the future? Well, then he's going to try to snatch your confidence. Do you really struggle with patience? Well, then why not just snatch your hope? The question is, will you let him? Are you tired of letting him? I am. Because this is a thing. Being lonely or insecure or having a fear or worry about the future, suffering with patience, those are not sins. Where it becomes dangerous is when you being lonely exalts itself so much in your life that that's all you think about. How bad you want to be in a relationship. It's all you talk about. It's all you fantasize about. It's all you meditate on. And the enemy says, oh, okay. That's that's what has her mind? Too easy. Too easy. I will destroy the relationships that are genuine 
and I will send poor relationships into her life. That if she's not discerning, if she's not connected, if he's not connected with who he is in Christ and hasn't established his standards, that yeah, I'm going to just keep hitting that sore spot every single time. If he or she's insecure, for example, it's a young man who just really struggles with his identity. He cares so much about what other people you know, think about him. He believes flashing money or fancy cars or big homes, that these things are going to give him a sense of identity. The devil's going to hit him there every single time. Whatever it is that you allow to exalt itself in your mind over God is a trap. Because you think those things bring you strength. You think those things bring you security. And in fact, those are the things that are making you weak. So maybe the problem starts with not knowing who we are in Christ. And this isn't to shame us. I struggle with this as well. It's something that I've had to learn to do affirmations every day. And I had to write out a prayer of the woman that I want to be and how I visualize myself. And I have to read that out to myself, sometimes amidst tears, because I don't feel like that woman. But I have to read it out because I have to remind myself that I am that person, whether I feel like it today or not. Right? We have to know who we are because this is not a passive game that we're playing. We're talking about your very life. So we have to ask ourselves, do we know the one that makes us strong? Do we know the secret of our great strength? Also, do some time taking some evaluation. What is it that has been so pervasive in your mind? Are you fearful about your future? I know we're living in a crazy time right now. There's you know, war and threats of war. And if you have, if you're, if you're a parent, I know most of us daily worry about our kids and are we doing enough? And uh, with the economy, the way it's going, you know, is our job, are we going to be able to financially provide? Can we keep our homes? Can we afford a home? Can we grow and expand? Is our business going to be okay? Some of you may be struggling with your health. Some of you may be lonely, single or married and still lonely. We all have our thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel guilty about having a concern, about having a need. We just don't want to allow those things to become bigger in our mind than God is. It doesn't mean denying the reality of our situation. It means understanding that no matter how pervasive those thoughts are, no matter how challenging our situations are, no matter how big that mountain is, God is bigger. And he is the source and the secret of our great strength. We have to know that. Because you can trust that there is one who does know. He has made it his business to know. And as long as you let him, he will use it against you. But there is also one who is greater, stronger, mightier, one with whom nothing and no one can compare. There is one who came, lived, died, and rose. There is the blood and it covers you. Nothing, nothing, not even all of hell can bind you. No one, not even the devil can keep you in bondage. Christ died so that you might be free. Loved one, choose freedom. Choose freedom. As always, um, it's always my pleasure week to week to serve you. I have to tell you that this is this is one of the best parts of my week 
getting to come and and chat and share with you. And there's so many great new things I want to do with this podcast. I want to start hosting interviews. And a lot of you have sent me some great questions and I've tried to, you know, write you back and get back to you one-on-one, but I'd like to start featuring some of you on my podcast as well. So maybe we'll come up with some new ideas. Um, A lot of you really told me how much you enjoyed story time. And um, I know we'd like to kind of open it up for some Q&As. When I tell you that I just have so many plans uh, for this podcast, I I just, I'm so excited. Again, it's one of the the great things that God uh, started doing this year. And I am so thrilled to see how much it's grown already and how far he wants to take it. As always, if you have found value And anything that you've heard on this episode and any other episode, would you just share it with someone that you love? Um, I can be found here on Anchor, anchor, uh, anchor.fm. If you want to go on your computer, the Anchor app is the easiest way to access. There's also on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. And if you follow me on social media um, at Shania Lambert Rooted on Facebook, Shania underscore Lambert on Instagram, I'll normally have links to the episodes from there also. And if you feel so inclined, why not support this channel? You can do so for as little as 99 cents a month, guys. 99 cents a month that would greatly help support me bringing continued content every single week uh, to you. And so again, it has been my pleasure to be with you this week. I'm so looking forward to next week. I'm already started on that episode and it is fire. So hold tight. See you next week. I'm Shania. This is Rooted. (laughs) 